Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm celebrity business mogul Jesse Thorne. <laughs> Jordan Morris, boy detective. Yeah, Jordan. I've got some ideas here. You know how uh, you know how the NFT thing is really taking the world by storm, non fungible something. Right. This is where you buy Charlie bit my finger for a billion dollars, and then Banksy deletes it. Yeah, I think that's okay. correct. I think Christie's right. is involved. The auction house Christie's. Sure. Is involved somehow, yeah. But that's a pretty good summary. I mean, the, right. The, the Lloyd's of London buys chocolate rain. The key, I don't know. The key part of it is that it not be fungible. Right. So that's really central to this. Anyway, I mm-hmm. I've been thinking about. As you know, I'm a very successful businessman. I do a lot of investing, and I've been thinking about- Stocks, bonds, bull market, bear market. So here's the thing. The world- Up. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Up. Uh, The Incredibles. Monsters, Inc. Sure, yeah. Um, I've been thinking about, because the world is upside down, I'm, I'm uncomfortable pushing my assets into the stock market. And of course, you know why I would avoid bonds- yeah, you don't need to tell me. Uh, yeah, hard pass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and But I'm looking at this NFT so thing. Happened. I'm looking at this NFT thing. I see that taking right. off. So I've been thinking about alternative asset classes. That's, that's broadly what we're talking right. about here is alternative asset classes. When the world is upside down, you yeah. kind of want to look at alternative places to park your money. I have some- Yeah, sure. I, I definitely, listen, I just want to stop you here and say, I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah. When, Go ahead. When I was driving- I've heard of all of this. When I was driving home from uh, my cabin, driving through the, the farmlands uh, uh, near Bakersfield, California, I did some brainstorming about possible ideas for alternative asset classes, I thought maybe you could help me evaluate them in your capacity as my investment advisor. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm here for. And I think this is a good use of this time. Yeah. So, thank you, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, first of all, goats. I just saw a sign that said goats for sale. And I thought, how great would that be? I, I would yeah. probably buy like, I don't know how much. What do you think a goat costs for five dollars? I mean, I don't know how much they cost, but I do know this. Those little assholes sure aren't fungible. OK. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah. So, yeah, I think this okay. fits your criteria. <laughs> yeah. Nothing less fungible than a goat. My friend Todd has an auction company and he was selling this tiny motorcycle. Uh-huh. And I was thinking if I bought that tiny motorcycle, I could ride it around like a bear in a circus. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I can see how that would like generate uh, wealth. Yeah. I mean, the key here is wealth generation and non-fungibility. Right. I saw a sign that, that said. I think that fits both those criteria. I saw a sign that said specialty hot sauces. Is that anything? Uh, no. Uh, move on. Next idea. Okay. Thank you. Well, I would. I got to thinking about investing in NFTs. I feel mm-hmm. like I missed the boat on that. Uh, what if I invested in MFAs? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that. Sure. I mean, I think the time is now to um, you know, get your masters in um. You know, American studies or philosophy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be really valuable. Kind of moving ahead. I mean, I don't. Um, I don't mean to be economy. I don't mean to be rude, Jordan, but uh, those I think are probably masters of science or masters of the humanities. I'm thinking more like painting. Oh. Um, I'm thinking maybe sculpture. 
Sure. Uh, yes. Even better. Performance performance work. That's been a big part of my practice recently. Yeah. Uh, all all good ideas. All not fungible, as yeah. far as I know. My house is next to a used tire store, and I like the way they stack the tires. Do you think that's something I could get into as an investment? So I just want to like just kind of cut in real quick. And Thank just you. Kind of um, just kind of evaluate the ideas up till this point. Are you just? Did you just make a list of things you've seen recently? Well, intriguing things like the well, you, when you're an investor like I am or a business mogul, you're always looking right. for opportunities. And uh, like like on my way home, I passed the Hughes Tire Store that's next to my house. I said, "Look at how they stack those. It's gorgeous. I mean, they're yeah. stacking them. They're stacking them to the they're just two stories of tires in this kind of lattice work. And I thought, if that's not an investment opportunity, what is? Yeah, I mean, and I'm now I'm kind of you've gotten my wheel spinning as far as like things you would see between here and Bakersfield, right? Um, so yeah, as long as we're just kind of like blue sky brainstorming, how do you feel about billboard for KNX ten seventy news radio? That sounds really good. I would love to get into news radio billboards. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I only had one other idea, but this might be the best one. I want to get into the energy right. sector. Right. So I was thinking about. Natural gas. But I'm thinking talking about sustainable natural gas because I don't want to get involved in fracking and I don't want to ruin the environment and so on and so forth. Oh, God, no. Yeah, we need that. So I thought if you got enough uncles in a room and gave them enough beans. All right. Okay. (laughs) Let's listen. I was on board and now. (laughs) I was just thinking. As your financial advisor, I'm here to I'm here to help you with your portfolio, not to listen to childish jokes. (laughs) So my thinking is, if you get enough uncles in a room and you feed them enough beans, Jordan, oh boy, sustainable natural gas. Listen, you're cut out of the KNX 1070. (laughs) You're out. Jesus Christ. You're out. That was my tax shelter. I don't know what a tax shelter is, Jordan. KNX 1070 News Radio. See, I'm the only one who can sing the jingle because you're out. Well, now I'm going to get into KMEL. That's the people's station. Fine. We'll see whose radio station. To be clear, it's the billboard. It's not the actual (laughs) station. Yes. To be clear, well, we'll see whose radio station billboard does better. Yeah. Should we introduce our guest on the program? Yes. A beloved guest of Jordan Jesse Go, a beloved pal. Uh, she's a celebrated comedy writer in, in her native England. Uh, she's also the co-writer of the upcoming, already best-selling, I presume, graphic I novel. Yes. Yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Yeah, graphic novel bubble, Ms. Sarah Morgan. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Oh, I've missed you. Oh. Hello, friends. Hi, pal. Hi. Oh, look at your faces. It, it, the listeners can't, but I can. And it's, oh, it's nice to see you. It's been too long. How do we look, pal? You look great. Thank you. Uh, everyone looks great. Sarah, you're uh, you're you're fresh from the salon. I am fresh from the salon. I, uh, yeah, I just got my roots done by a human being rather than myself. I'm, oh, that was a good one. No, yeah, I got my, got my roots done, feeling good. The football's on. Uh, England uh, are in the semi-finals of the European Championship, so I'm sort of watching that. Just I mention this uh, for professional reasons in case you suddenly hear any roaring, because okay. uh, I have there's a, a, a flat there, there's a flat behind me, there's a flat above me, and probably everyone is watching the football right now. So if there's roars, uh, it's just English people being happy, not loose lions <laughs> about some football. <laughs> yeah. Are there still is is a is a football like 
hooligans still a thing? Is there still hooliganism surrounding football? They're trying their best, uh, just as with a lot of the the, uh, the toxic masculinity in the world. Their roars are very loud because they're death rattles. Uh, because uh, the England team are, uh, to to a man, uh, lovely young men um, who are the children of immigrants and are like 23 and they give all their money to charity and they wear pride armbands on the pitch and they're uh, just very nice, sweet young men. And it's really impossible to be an England fan and be a hooligan. So the hooligans are really struggling to get behind this particular England team. <laughs> it's a rough time to be a yeah. to be an old fashioned hooligan. It really is. Like you kind of feel sorry for them. The the sort of Bill Hicks routine with the hooligans kind of image of uh, of the England fan is dying slowly, loudly. They're dying loudly, but they are dying out. Uh, so that's nice. Do you think they're looking for a new country? Like, could they find a country? <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Like the Seychelles or something. <laughs> They move there and build a new, worse soccer culture. Yes, I think the the the, uh, the White House insurgents can go there as well, yeah. and they can just have a little island where they all shout at each other. <laughs> <laughs> a shouting island <laughs> and yeah, just, throw just... fire extinguishers at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still dressing up. They're still shouting at things and getting it out of your system mm-hmm, whatever right. it might be sure. <laughs> dropping throws... a full pint of guinness off a balcony yes exactly yeah yeah glassing people in the face shout, punching a bus yeah. because your team won <laughs> or lost either right. way th- throw in some kind of sport in the middle of that it doesn't have to be anything fancy and they'd, they'd have a lovely time i think yeah the main thing that happens here in southern california and ca- california more generally when a team wins a championship is public vehicles are overturned and uh, people climb lamp standards. They climb up street lamps to the top. Uh, mm. They shimmy their way yeah. up to the top. And so they will like grease the lamp posts so people won't do that. And they will, you know, they <laughs> That's will. just like challenge. Yeah. The, the challenge you're throwing down there. They'll bring in vehicles <laughs> that can't be overturned, you know, police horses and so forth. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to see that. Now I want to see that. I want to see both those things. That's a challenge if I ever heard one. <laughs> I could I could flip a horse. Next time the Clippers win, I'm going to flip a horse. <laughs> That's what you have to do to pledge a fraternity these days. Um, right. I have uh, to say, like, flipping over public vehicles, as much as it costs, obviously it is a tremendous cost to the public coffers and a great burden on, on, on things that, you know, it, hmm. it takes resources away from more important things like public schools and so forth. Um, and, you know, people who climb up street lamps could hurt themselves uh, or mm-hmm. damage the street lamps, which again, would again, you know, hurt the public schools and so forth. But and, and I'm against hooliganism. Right. But both of those do seem kind of awesome to me. Like flipping yeah. over a, a police car <laughs> seems great. And climbing up a lamppost seems pretty great, too. So maybe I support hooliganism. Yeah, I mean, is it, you know, could, I mean, you know, I don't know how this works, you know, for California at large, but certainly, you know, in LA, maybe a solution to this is like, you know, kind of getting unused or, you know, like out of commission picture cars, Mm -hmm. you know, from film and television and just kind of like setting them out outside the stadiums. And those are there like to be flipped. Like that's their 
purpose. Maybe you yeah. like remove the glass so it's not as dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then maybe you just set up like mats underneath the poles so when people fall, you know, they uh, they don't hurt themselves. And let's just like let's just make hooliganism safer. Like let's <laughs> just make sure people can go out and hooligan, you know, without without fear. I mean, maybe this is kind of, I mean, maybe I'm the guy who wants to set up, you know, methadone clinics. Right. You're into <laughs> um, hooliganism harm reduction. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just accept that hooliganism is part of sports and just try and make it as fun and safe for everyone as we can. In Vancouver, that's already the way that they do it. They've focused on a right. harm reduction model and they give all pole climbing hooligans a, a little tiny parachute. <laughs> Sounds cute. <laughs> yeah. Sounds really cute. And the same for the horses, or yeah, <laughs> the horse. What, what they do to the horses? Bigger, is bigger they, parachutes. Yeah, they give horses a saddle that has springs on both sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when they're flipped, they just boing right up. Yeah, it's it, <sighs> and they use a special kind of horse, you know, quarter horse, thoroughbred horse. Right. It's called a boyoying. Sure, yeah, a boing horsey. Yeah, some say. <laughs> some call it, in Kentucky, in old Kentucky, they call it a boing horsey. Right, the regional names. It's amazing that people think these measures would encourage hooliganism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I guess what I'm saying is, you hear if you're on Reddit, you're on Twitter. A lot of times, you see anti-hooligan hashtags, and I just don't want to paint with a broad brush because honestly, I don't believe that Ahab. Right. That took me a second. I was like, from Moby Dick? Sure. <laughs> I was going to, I'm trying to do what, <laughs> I'm trying S-H-A-B. to do. S-H-A-B, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. I'm trying to do 13, 12, but I don't, I don't know what letter <laughs> the alphabet H is. Yeah. <laughs> not I don't know. Hooligans. There's no way to find uh, out. Not all hooligans. That's what I say. Not all uh, hooligans. Uh, Some are just climbing poles. That's great. They're yeah. probably wearing raccoon coats for all I know. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to take some time to do an edition of the classic uh, Jordan Jesse Go segment, Overheards? Yeah, let's. You know Always. what, Jordan? Uh, every it's week too- on this show, we do. We're famous for doing overheards. <laughs> um, people call it into our headquarters here in Vancouver, Canada, um, and uh, I I love doing it. We've been doing it for a long time. We're the best and only show that does it. Um, I am. I am just. Uh, we're doing a. We're doing an afternoon record mm-hmm. or a noon record. I guess we should. I should say. Although not for Sarah because you know time zones. Yeah. So what is it? But, Tuesday but over there. Of, yeah. 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 It's it's actually last week and we won the football. Hey. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. We're in a, we're in a black hole. Time just just bends. Uh, uh, that, maybe that's the premise of a show. It's like a podcast, but one person is in the future and they tell the other people. What's going to go on? Yeah. You know, there should be more, more, more podcasts with like really hard premises, like really, really strict, like, uh, you know, high right. concepts. Oh, you've just done all of them <laughs> in the bubble promotional tour. Yeah. <laughs> We've just yeah. done like, like you've done so many more than I have, but between us, we have done so many God. really good high concept uh, podcasts. So we've sort of seen each other, but in like a little Zoom room while discussing like, what's the best biscuit? <laughs> I just, um, I just got, you know, I get pitched a lot of podcasts. I just got yeah. pitched a show called Supercast. Um, it's Superman, Bizarro Superman, and Mr. Mitzo Pitalik. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just, they said that they would just talk about nerd culture. 
Right. <laughs> and I was like, God, three white dudes or one white dude, one gray, <laughs> rocky dude, and one tiny interdimensional creature talking about we've heard it before guys sure we've heard it before and then i accidentally i i asked uh i asked superman who the uh, to introduce me to everybody he immediately said mr mitzo got mr mitzo pitalek to write his name in the pitch and he poofs off to another goddamn dimension (laughs) but they i mean i think they did a really interesting episode um on kind of reevaluating Solo, you know, yeah. I think they thought that Solo <laughs> kind of got a bad rap. Yeah, that one where they just broke formula and like Dan Aykroyd was the guest, and they just threw the questions out the window and just yeah. like just riffed. <laughs> so let's just it's talk amazing. about like, aliens. Everyone was on their feet Let... doing their best. It was just so cool. Can we please really just cool. talk about blues men? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, right? And ghosts mm-hmm. that I believe blues are real. Ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I I'm fresh from the I'm fresh from the from the pool. I'm just returning mm-hmm. from the beautiful Verdugo Aquatic Facility, and um, kind of something new. Um, you know, kind of uh, things are getting less restrictive over there. You know, they had some. I think some. You know, they did a pretty good job of, you know, kind of like COVID protocols and you know making sure everything was was safe and, um, you know, cause, so certain parts of the facility were off limits. Uh, one of them uh, being the shower area. You know, oh, no wow. showers. But I think, you mm. know, uh, they they felt like things were, you know, safe enough to where they could open up the show. You can shower again at the Verdugo Aquatic. So where did you put on your your swim trunks? Uh, I just had them on like under my pants, oh. or they had one little kind of outdoor cabana mm-hmm. uh, that was like. Um, there's always like a little bit of a line for it. So the safest thing to do is throw your, throw your swimsuit on underneath your pants and then, uh, uh, drive home like a soggy boy, <laughs> well, <laughs> like a damp Jordan. mildewy soggy boy. To be fair, you're not driving home like a soggy boy. You are driving home as a soggy, as boy. a soggy boy. Yes. Yeah, this In isn't case, a metaphor. You became a soggy. Boy. I was a soggy boy. Did you ever do it? Nudie style? Um, what do you mean? Uh, that's where your penis is out and your balls. <laughs> like swim, swim nude? Yeah, and your little buttetsky. No, I mean, I I wish. I mean, and everybody at the pool wishes too. But, uh, <laughs> just for COVID protocols. I just today, know you're a skinny dipping enthusiast. Sure, this is safest for everyone yeah. if my dick and balls are out <laughs> in the public pool. <laughs> Look, I didn't set these rules. Dr. Fauci did. It was all <laughs> Fauci. <laughs> um, darn you, Fauci, making me <laughs> show my balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 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 the shower the shower is open, and so people are like showering after the pool. And there was just a really good vibe in there today you know kind of everybody's being very social and so you know like people were kind of like you know chatting it was really lively it was a nice it was a nice atmosphere and in the shower i could hear i could hear two people just like chatting you know but they had to kind of like yell over the water so they're kind of doing like this so they're just chatting like this and then uh, like I, I just kind of heard general chatting and then that thing where you catch one little nugget of the conversation. Yeah. But this was a particularly dank nug. <laughs> yeah. This was a dank nug of convo. <laughs> there was some real OG convo. Yeah. Um, 
and I just hear, so they're just t- talking like this, and then I hear just one of the showers go, and then I realized I use sex and dating as a coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> getting fucking real in the shower. Getting, like, yeah. getting real in the shower. Is it possible, Jordan? I don't mean to make presumptions, but you know how our friend Dave Holmes... Uh, yes. Uh, television, uh, podcast, and uh, magazine celebrity Dave Holmes. You know how Dave Holmes does his therapy on a surfboard out in the ocean? I did not know that. Yeah, Dave. Dave's very open about this. I don't think I'm speaking out of school, but Dave has a therapist where you paddle out into the ocean and you hang out on surfboards while you talk to the therapist. Is it possible? Mm-hmm. Maybe for COVID reasons that that therapist has brought things into the Verdugo Aquatic Center. <laughs> How ethical is it to see your therapist's balls and have the therapist <laughs> see your balls? I, I, I don't know. I don't you know. You would have to ask the APA. Like, I think that would be right. a professional question that's probably mm-hmm. been addressed in numerous colloquia. I, it took me a long time to get comfortable with... Um, like locker room chatting, you know, I definitely is like a person who had huge swaths of their life where they never entered a locker room or exercise. Were I you like, were you comfortable with a locker? Because I'm not comfortable with a lot. I'm like, well, I'm well short of being comfortable chatting. I'm not even comfortable. <laughs> like I'm, a, I will 100% wrap a towel around my waist to take off my swimsuit, like a right. like a nine year old at the beach. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, yeah. No. I. I. That. I. That. I. You know. When I started swimming, I was. That was me. But I just kind of like gradually got a little more comfortable and a little more comfortable. And now I'm just like splaying out, right. presenting like a mandrill. <laughs> wow. Do you have a one of those blue and red butts? <laughs> you got to come to the Verdugo Aquatic <laughs> Facility if you want to see. Yeah. I think. Look, Jordan. I think we all know yes. about. Uh, I mean, we've all been down to the swimming hole to go skinny dipping with you, and we know right. what you're bringing to that swimming hole. Um, sure. Everyone is impressed. Yeah. So I, I can understand Is this understand a call back to a call you had like weeks ago with yeah. someone calling and they had a dream about a swimming hole? Yeah. I, I just, I just, oh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I listened to the That's show. Yeah. Weird. I, sometimes I remember something that happened on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is lock, locker room talk is sort of the stuff that Donald Trump was done for, right? He, yeah, it was. It, it was all banter. It was all ban- locker room banter. Right. Is that the, is that what you're talking about when you say locker room talk, or you mean generally more? Uh, chit, no, talk yeah. chit chat. You know, in my experience, um, locker room talk is not is not as, as salty as all that as, um, as bawdy. I got you know I got the the locker room chat I was used to was so mundane, and I got. Uh-huh. And I got like comfortable just like talking about traffic and what the closed frozen yogurt place might turn into. Uh huh. Like (laughs) a vape shop is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Those frozen yogurt places are only zoned for two things. There really was the halcyon days of the frozen yogurt. The frozen yogurt business is a real boom and bust situation. I think you have. Yeah, it kind of comes and goes. The TCBY boom of the late 1980s. And, penguins too. Penguins was in there, and then of course you had the the gargantuan growth of that kind of slightly sour uh, frozen yogurt with many many different types of top toppings. But that's right. crested. Do you think it will persist like boba has? 
Yeah, yeah, Boba's Boba's a good a good analog too cuz Boba kind of comes and goes and now we're in a I mean we're just in a we're we're still in the middle of a boba boom that seems like it's been going on for a year and a half. I uh you know, I hope it stays yeah. forever. I mean, you and I were both big boba. Yeah. Heads. Put balls in it. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, do you uh do you have access to frozen yogurt and or boba? Uh, very little frozen yogurt uh for reasons of pronunciation. Uh Yeah, just hard to say it weird. It doesn't sound nice coming out. <laughs> it's yeah. like it didn't catch on. Uh no, we have, we have we you can get boba in Chinatown, but that's it's not it's not really taken off here. God. Do you ever yeah. think about moving? Uh, constantly, but that's because I've been in my house for 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll go, I'll literally go anywhere. <laughs> if you get the chance to move, can I recommend moving yeah. next to a used tire store? Because the way yes. they stack these tires, it's extraordinary. Oh. I mean, the I, height seen, of this stack yeah. of tires, two stories it goes up into the air. I've seen the way they tessellate and make a, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. A lattice Like, like Tetronimo. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Jordan, yeah. what uh, what made you comfortable talking locker room stuff? How did you get there? Uh, I don't, you know, I think it's just, it's, you know, just a Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 <laughs> hours, you know, uh, you just, it, you know, like, you know, like, like the Beatles played at the mm-hmm. cave yeah. something. Um, I have never read it's a Malcolm like, Gladwell book. It's like the Beatles at Budokan. Am I right? Yeah. There you go. Sure. The Beatles yeah. doing Budokan. Um, yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, doing it little by little and like having more swim friends who would try and engage me. They were like bringing me mm-hmm. out of my shell, you know, like, you know, do you think Hulu is worth it? Right. You know, just giving yeah. me little <laughs> little kind of bits of casual chit chat to do. I love these prompts. <laughs> so do you have people that you I think very long time Jordan Jesse Go listeners probably know this, but for a long time, my mom swam. She did not consider herself a senior at the time, though she was technically. But she would go to the Balboa Park pool, and she would swim. Judy, in... very young at heart, I would say. Oh uh, yeah, she's full of full of verve, um, joie de vivre. <laughs> and she would go down to the Balboa Park pool for what she called old folks flippers, uh-huh. uh, which is where elderly people would go swimming together. And right. she had all these old, she would come home telling me about all her old people friends. Now, these people were seven years older than my mom. So it was <laughs> unreasonable of her to describe them uh, as though they were fossilized. But she had all these different buddies and she would describe to me what injuries they were rehabilitating, who had a new hip, uh, so on and so forth. Is that what you've developed at the Verdugo Aquatic Center? And is that why you're scared to switch to the Rose Bowl Aquatic Center? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do have swim friends, some of them elderly. Um, yeah. And I, 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 will, I mean, I will honestly say that is one of the reasons is that I have a nice little little crew. And despite the fact that I am closer to another, um, you know, like great public pool, I, I don't know. I just can't bring myself to leave. There is something very comforting about. And this is based on my experience at the South Pasadena YMCA, <laughs> but there is something very comfort- comforting about the presence of a nude elderly man, <laughs> right? Uh, because what he's bringing to the table, nudity wise, is a, a kind of a level of you know you can't feel your own shame as you view the pendulous balls of a seventy-seven year old, right? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this sort of like 
Sarah, you would know about this. Oh, old men's balls. Yeah, totally. Yeah. One of those yeah. Middle Ages <laughs> Like on the tube, one will just pop out in front of you. And, you know. You know. <laughs> it's, Sarah, um... you know how in England they got those castles? Oh, yeah. Totally. Full of balls. Yeah. And these mm. castles, these things are the worst for wear. They're, yes. They've worn down over time, but they have a certain dignity nonetheless. A mossy charm. A dank yeah. mossy the, charm. Yeah. And the dank mossy charm is this is the yeah. very thing that we're talking about with these pendulous balls. And a, and a young and men's it, nuts are like a muck mansion. They're cheap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I get exactly. it. Yeah, yeah. And like, you, when one has a McMansion, one might be embarrassed of one's McMansion sniffs. <laughs> yeah, sure. But <laughs> once you see that mossy, once tacky? you see that mossy charm, you're like, you know what? We're all just here doing our thing. Yeah. My thing is having a giant entranceway with a grand piano that no one knows how to play in the household. <laughs> His thing is mossy charm. Yeah, and I think like ancient castles, <laughs> old men's balls are also often haunted. <laughs> 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 Sorry. And they have windows that are wider on the outside than on the inside for archers. <laughs> right. And a lot of crenellations, which is another castle word. Yeah. <laughs> murder hole? Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. something? Yeah, murder hole. Sure, and and dungeons. They all have dungeons. Jordan, what would you consider yourself a, a condominium, a townhome, a McMansion? <laughs> Speaking of your nudity and balls here. I'm a tiny house. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Come on, Jordan. We've been to the swimming hole. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, if this was a trailer, I'd be a double wide. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Sarah, do you have how much, do you have summer stuff planned? Do you have? <laughs> do I, we have summer. Oh, yeah, have summer have and do you have pendulums? <laughs> do I have, oh, my balls. My balls are fine. Thank you. Uh, do I have summer plans? Yeah. Do you, are you are you swimming? Are you seeing a Fast and Furious movie? I am not. I. I was I uh, I haven't seen a single Fast or Furious, uh, and uh, uh, this was a discussion that we had. Like, should I watch it for this podcast? And I think it's funny if I don't. <laughs> and if you talk about it, I'll just I'll like I'll like play along politely. Uh, no, I have I have a, a my vacation this year is three days in Margate, which is the seaside uh, that we have here, and that is that is all you can plan for in this country because. Everything changes so fast and furiously. <laughs> it changes fast and it makes you furious. Yeah. I read in the New York Times mm. that the English seaside, yes. which is um, an antiquated vacation area characterized largely by pointy rocks yeah. uh, and clouds. And candy floss. And candy candy floss. And, and a lot of a lot of sugar-based snacks, yeah. Yeah. No, known here as cotton candy, I believe. I apologize. And... I've heard that it is currently undergoing a renaissance because the much better idea of flying in an airplane to Spain <laughs> or Mallorca or whatever is not uh, is not possible in COVID. So everyone is like is returning to the vacation patterns of a pre-airplane time. Yeah, it's all got very post-war. Uh, it's all got, yeah, I mean, the things that, that should have been banned a long time ago, like Punch and Judy uh, and donkey rides, uh, bingo halls, uh, are, are, are all making a kind of ironic comeback. Uh, so that's... I feel like yeah. no irony is necessary to enjoy a good... Donkey ride. Uh, their li poor little spines just break eventually, apparently. <laughs> they, they, yeah, it's really cruel. Oh, no. Do they have any boing dogs? 
<laughs> oh no boing donks or or, or mini donks uh it's yeah no the donkeys are, are just very very sad and abused but it's a it's a thing that you can do if it's at the seaside uh, uh if you're lucky there's lovely beaches um and a, a lot it's mainly about eating just as much kind of fried food as possible very similar to american state fair going to the, but, but with more grit in your food oh yeah, I went to a famous uh, seaside town in England, mm. and um, I got to do two great things. I did this. Uh, I had a day off in England, and I I asked our friends Helen and Martin Zaltzowstwick, oh. Saltzman and and Zaltz, whatever Martin's last name is, and uh, <laughs> they said I should go to this famous seaside town. Yeah. And the two things that I was struck by was, number one, I got to visit a completely bonkers palace. Like there was just a bonkers palace there because all parts of England had a bonkers palace in case the the queen visited. (laughs) Sure, or the French invaded. Like there's all, you know, (laughs) kinds of good reasons why we might have a castle, you know. Was it Hastings? I'm trying to think where Helen would have sent you. She'd have sent you somewhere interesting, you see. She wouldn't have just sent you, like, Blackpool. No, it was one that's very famous. Like, I feel like people move there. Uh, Brighton? Because there were really good record stores there. Brighton, that's Brighton, it. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Brighton's uh, like where and, London people uh, go to sort of be slightly nicer to each other near a body of water. But the beach is pebbles. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very nice, very nice record stores yeah. there. And uh, this crazy palace... That like I don't remember what monarch it was, but some monarch went kind of insane and decided to build this palace in Brighton and semi moved there, possibly to have affairs. And I really learned that in not just England, but the, the entirety of the United Kingdom, that the pattern was if you wanted the king or the queen to visit, you built a palace in in, in, in anticipation of their overnight stay. Wow. You know, it, it's like if Joe Biden was headed to Dubuque, they built a Ritz-Carlton just in case. We, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that we do have a lot of lesser castles um, because we invited, when, when we were sort of forced to have a state visit for Donald Trump for political reasons, the queen served Trump uh, a meal at a shitty castle. And didn't tell him. <laughs> it was like Blenheim Castle or something. It was like a slightly less good castle than she would have given him a meal at had she liked yeah. him. And then she wore like a brooch that was like a cuss that was like uh, Barack Obama had given her or uh-huh. something. And it was all like she was so shady. A real cheeky it was the sort of it was oh it was she, she pounded him is that how you say it uh yeah she uh, it was it was it was beautiful because uh it's you know he wouldn't have cared about protesters but he would definitely have cared when someone who knew about these things told right. him that he'd had dinner at oh the chit castle oh that's oh awkward mm. sarah what would you say are some of your best and worst castles of england yeah <laughs> i mean edinburgh castle is very beautiful it's up a hill. You can walk mm-hmm. up it, have a look around, come down again. Hastings is nice because it's on a cliff. Uh, shit, mm. I can't think of any more castles. There's fucking loads of them. <laughs> when I went to visit, my, I may have shared this on Jordan Jesse Go five years ago, right. but fuck it. Uh, when I went to visit Belfast, where my stepmother is from, mm-hmm. um, my uncle John gave us, uh, my wife and I, and and uh, Gracie when she was a baby, 
uh, a tour of the part of Belfast where my uh, stepmother grew up. And of course, my Uncle John did as well. Uh, she grew up on off the Falls Church Road, right right by Sinn Féin headquarters okay. now mm-hmm. and very, very war-torn yeah. area. And he gave us this kind of monologue about how fucked up Northern Ireland was and how the how the troubles weren't over and all these different things. You know, it was basically like he met us in a cafe that was under Sinn Féin World Headquarters and just had giant paintings of various Marxists and uh, national revolutionary heroes, uh, you know, your Yasser Arafats or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's taking us around telling us about different children that have been murdered and stuff. <laughs> and then he kind of like, he... he he stops the car and he goes, I suppose you'll be wanting to see a castle then. <laughs> and, we're like, and we're like, yeah. Oh, American I mean, fucking sure. horse that, for a castle. Yeah. Is that on the docket? Because I definitely <laughs> yeah. do. If that's, if, I mean, we could continue this tour of grisly bombings, but. It's weird. This is like the first time in a long time I've ever felt comfortable wearing sort of England colors and being interested in the football and all that kind of stuff. And you've just made me go very, very small and embarrassed. <laughs> And oh my god, I'm just gonna change my top and oh fucking hell. I'm so so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sarah, I was curious I was interested when you said that um the like seaside food is comparable to mm. our state fair food. Because, you know, our yeah. state fair food is pretty out of control these days. It's you know, yeah. it's kind of like you know, everybody's trying to top each other, you know, it's like deep fried Oreos begat deep fried butter begat deep fried, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Pepper or something. Um, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. Jordan, is that available? Yeah, I know. I I want all of yeah. those things that I listed. I just to be very clear, <laughs> if you have any of those, give them to me. I want them <laughs> yeah. to be near me. Yeah. Bring them care of Verdugo Aquatic yeah. Center. Yeah, just ship it, ship it right to the Verdugo Aquatic have, Center, and uh, yeah, I get my mail have there. state fairs opened yet? Is that a thing? Uh, I imagine they are this summer, right? Are we just nostalgic for everything that happened? Like, because when you were talking about foods, I was just like, yeah, didn't the, when I was in LA and the last, the last time I did Jordan Jesse go, I had a funnel cake, and now it's like yeah. in my head, like the food of the gods that I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, right. that, that, that just batter with some jam in it that I had yeah. that like got really clammy. Me and I'm oh, just should we just kind of think about funnel cake now? <laughs> it's hard to go to the fair in Los Angeles. My wife and I went to the fair, and I love a fair, right? That is like I love the pig races, those are probably cruel, but I love them. Just don't ride them because their backs will snap. Yeah, yeah, I love the like, uh, I think recently on the show, Jordan brought up the table setting competition. <laughs> that's something I oh, love to adorable. see. I love yeah. the amateur art, I love. I mo- I mostly loved seeing the barnyard animals uh, get prizes, but all those wonderful things are are at the fair. Uh, but the Los Angeles fair is like two hours east of Los Angeles, and it is so hot and miserable there. Um, it's just really brutal, and so I haven't been to a fair in like ten years. Right. Like I went once, and it was just miserable, and I haven't been. But like the idea of a fair is basically all i want in the world i want to eat that that deep fried butter and see which kid has the best rabbit (laughs) yeah sir is that kind of deep fried one-upsmanship something that goes on in your seaside towns 
it, no, it's something that in in the UK it's very particular to Scotland. Like that's their thing. Uh, uh, that they they started with deep fried Mars bars and then that turned into like deep fried cabbage cream eggs and yeah, all the kind of stuff you mentioned. So that would be a particular uh, a kind of treat that you would have when you when you visited Scotland. But um, no, because we we also like a kind of very meat component um, with our shit sure. food. <laughs> Sorry, delicious fried shit food. So you know, a full English breakfast. Uh, with all the blood pudding uh, and sausages and bacon. I don't even eat meat. It just sounds amazing. Uh, mushrooms, tomatoes, beans, egg, chips, maybe. Uh, and then that's your breakfast. And then your lunch will be like fish and chips. And then you'll have a candy floss and a Mr. Whippy ice cream, which is like our frozen yogurt, but, you know, dairy. Uh, no, yogurt's dairy. What's the difference between frozen yogurt and frozen and ice cream? Well, I think theoretically What's... frozen yogurt is cultured, but it's actually just, I think they just add some sourness to it. Right. Oh, so it's the same thing. Broadly speaking. You've just blown my mind. I assumed it was some magic, uh, full disclosure, I think I only know frozen yogurt from Gremlins too. So. <laughs> yeah. it's You know, the bit where he lies under the tap and he just pulls yeah, it into his Yeah, it's like mouth. when there's a super yeah. smart, just imagine a super smart gremlin who loves to read books. Right. Uh-huh. With the voice of Tony Randall, I yeah, think. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah, I yeah, that's yeah. Tony Randall, yeah. I believe. Yeah. That was big for me because when when that when Gremlins Two happened, I recognized Tony Randall's voice just because he was always like Letterman's fill-in guest. Like mm-hmm. when someone canceled on Letterman, right. like that's <clears throat> the only place I knew Tony Randall from. And then when I heard him in Gremlins Two, um, I felt like a real king shit. I was yeah. like, yeah, I recognized something. Yeah. It was really big for me you- at the time. Um, I mean, I was like, I guess I was, what, 10 years old or something? Uh-huh. It was really big for me to recognize Tony Randall's voice because I, too, aspired to have children at 80. Just <laughs> <laughs> <It's> to <laughs> impregnate a woman at 80. That's the dream of every 10-year-old yeah. wow. across this great land. And most people, when they're having a kid at 80, they think like Charlie Chaplin. No, no, the cooler Tony Randall. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's the cool bad age. I got to say, <laughs> I interviewed an actor recently who, who's mother was friends with James Baldwin and who was in uh, Lorraine Hansberry's legendary play, A Raisin in the Sun, in its original Broadway production when he was a kid. And his mom hung out with all these people. And he listed the people that she, he's like, she used to hang out. You know, James Baldwin would come over. Lorraine Hansberry would come over. Jack Klugman would come over. And I was like, wait, Jack Klugman would come over? That was the main, uh, that was like the top white guy of that group was uh, Jack Klugman. So you don't know, you never know about Tony Randall. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he was hanging out with uh, Lorraine Hansberry. <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> Sorry, Klugman. The polite Jack nodding. Jack Klugman is say, also in the odd couple. Oh, Jack, okay. Okay. No, I should not. No, I should yeah, know. He was the Walter right. Matt. I thought it was going to be like some, the, you know, uh, yeah. Of the, yeah. Uh, Sarah, are you, is this on your radar, the kind of like icon status of the female gremlin from Gremlins 2? Yeah, I think we actually discussed this last time. <laughs> ah, <yes>. well. <laughs> I think. Okay, uh, do they have Wario in England? Like, like, yeah, I think between, I think between we have, that. Uh, we've literally run yeah, out of conversation. I think between that and None of it's, us hard have done the, it's hard to park at the LA Fair and castle story in Ireland. we have almost hit all five of the jordan jesse go five stories yeah sometimes we say things differently in my country (laughs) we have 
different words, different things. I love it. it we have friends who've not seen each other for a while who have run out of conversation because yeah. I can't. Uh, the uh, the Turkish bakery opened yeah. up again. They're, they're doing Gazlemi now. It's <laughs> well, really let, good. let me ask you this, Sarah. Uh, nope, nothing else. <laughs> when you were a child or a youth, were you horny for anything uh, yeah. unusual? Greta from right. Gremlins yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, yeah. All in fact, all of the gremlins. Yeah. I think. Any of the? Yeah, were pretty... you horny for any of the Animaniacs at all? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly for Danger Mouse. I, I, speaking of being horny for cartoon characters, uh, because it, it, so I just watched Space Jam, which I have not. I thought I'd seen it, and I have not seen it. And I watched it the other day with my daughter because there's a new Space Jam film coming out, and it's on buses, and it's like, oh, we go to the cinema and watch the new Space Jam film. That'll be, you know, an activity that we can do. Um, and I watched Space Jam, the first one. Uh, a, it's awful. Uh, and and B, Lola Bunny. Do you, do, do, are we space, do people know about Space Jam? We've all seen this. Yeah. Yeah. Again, <laughs> Jordan, Jesse, go. The five oh, stories. Last week? We have been over. Jesus, we have oh, been over Space uh, Jam. How you know it's this uh, thing that I'll, I'll I'll recap. To it's this thing that like people a little bit younger than us are obsessed with actually sucks but also some but you're a little bit younger than me so i was 16 so i was like doing drugs yeah i was being a hooligan up a lamppost it was great and there is <laughs> and there is apparently strong feelings about how thick lola bunny should or shouldn't be yeah uh, okay and... right i was just shocked by how shit that character was like i couldn't I couldn't, but I mean, it, 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 there's a hilarious thing on the wiki page for it where it just says created by, and there's four men's names. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, took four men to go, tits? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a nymphomaniac and boring. I don't like. Is she horny? She in wants the, to fuck Is she bugs. horny in the movie? She's so horny. And uh, it, it, it's just, just horny and dull. Like, the two things. It's right. about <laughs> And then, then Granny. Because because there's no female, which I didn't even realize when I was a child that there wasn't any female yeah. Looney Tunes, because that's how t terrible uh, the patriarchy was back then. Uh, I was oh, there's no, but yeah, the only woman on in the Space Jam team is Granny. And how how thick how thick is Granny? Would you say? <laughs> yeah, Granny Granny's tits are huge actually, <laughs> uh, but she's. Um, but yeah, they, so it's sort of the whore and the crone, and then I'm so I'm hoping for Space Jam Legacy. Sure, <laughs> sure, have... we do that classic, that classic duology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be. Hang on, a virgin, right. uh, and which is, might be the cat from uh, oh, from sure, Pepe, Pepe Le Pew, because I know Pepe Le Pew's not going to be. It maybe the cat will, maybe the cat won't feel silenced anymore, and the and the female cat will get to speak. Uh, hang on, what is it? Virgin mother whore crying. So there needs to be a, a, a mother. If if we want to start a Kickstarter for <laughs> a Space Jam-based tarot card deck. <laughs> Honestly, if that were up for a month, we would make more money than we have doing yeah. 17 for years, years of this show. Yeah. It's if we didn't license them either, so they were just it was slightly right, off, yeah. like Mervin Ooh. the Plutonian. Can, what does it mean when you draw Borg's bunny? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, Sarah, did your did your daughter like Space Jam? I'm I'm assuming you watched it with her. Yeah, no, that would have been pretty weird. <laughs> this is too sexy for you. Go next door. Uh Watch a less horny cartoon. Yeah, I think she was as sort of bored and baffled as I was. It was like, is it there? This is a basketball game for an amusement park, and she didn't know or care who Michael Jordan was. 
Um, who did she recognize? Oh, she kept thinking that someone was Danny DeVito because she really likes Danny DeVito and thinks because he crops up in so many things with who his doesn't? voice. We'll forget. Yeah, we'll we'll forget. Yeah, exactly. Everyone loves Danny DeVito, but she but he if we're watching like Hercules or something, you forget he's right. in it, and then it's like, oh, he's in it. Yeah, I think Danny DeVito is in it. Danny DeVito I is think he's in the, Space he's Jam. A, one of the one of the monsters. Oh God! Because I, I, when she said that's Danny DeVito, I was like, no, fuck it. No, I didn't. You hit her. You hit her from that. <laughs> yeah. Sarah? Just punch, punch you her in the face. Your child don't, for... don't be ridiculous. It was John Lovitz. Uh, <laughs> Kids need to learn the difference between DeVito and Lovitz. Uh, no, I think I honestly, I don't think she was that into it. She, she was, she was, uh, she decided to go out and uh, make some slime, which is what eight-year-olds do. You know, when... I haven't seen Space Jam two mm. yet, which I I think its release is imminent as we record this, and is um, yeah, same. Uh, yeah. And so everyone in our audience will have rushed out uh, to buy a ticket to the theater to see Space Jam two, mm-hmm. um, because they want to see a, a thick Lola. Yeah, Although I think part of the so controversy... is she thick in the sequel? Do we yeah. know? Is she less is, thick right. now? I think they have made her less thick, and I think there are many camps who have feelings it about it mm-hmm. um and i won't take a position here because sure. you're a man why should you i'm not afraid to make my voice heard so i would prefer her to be more thick i would like her to have like a queen latifah type physique sure that's the kind of bunny i would be horny for is all i'm saying and again i'm taking i want to see her in that missy elliott suit from get your freak on like massive <laughs> yes. black bin like liner puffy uh, garbage bag right yeah, shiny puffy but babes. Just that with like a face drawn on uh, it. Yeah. I wa- I did watch an extended clip from the film, mm-hmm. and it was so profoundly on brand. And when I say on brand, I don't just mean for like I don't just mean for a Space Jam movie, but for like the kind of Space Jam movie that you can also imagine being a promotion for the wb in 1994 um which was an extended clip of porky pig battle rapping Mm. and yes he is wearing hip-hop clothes he's got a puffer vest on amazing and he does start by going but then he goes into like a kind of sound wow does he talk about mom's spaghetti? <laughs> that, I believe he does. What What was impressive to me about this clip is, I mean, the rap itself was basically, my name's Porky Pig, and I'm here to say that I yeah. have a stutter in a major way. Right. Like, it was truly Amazing. that. Like, it was not a greater thing. Like, I'm sure that they hired Pusha T to write it. Just as McDonald's hired Pusha T to write "ba da ba ba ba," I'm loving it, uh, which is a true story. Uh, but uh, like, I'm sure Pusha T, you know, Ice T wrote the raps for Mr. T's album. Uh, I'm sure that they hired a, a great rapper to write these bars for Porky Pig. Um, but it's horrible. But what's crazy is the beat that he's rapping over is the beat from uh, from the hip-hop classic Flavor in Your Ear. Uh, and you just think that, like, there was a consult... There was, like... Exactly, like, cop killer. There was, a, there was a rap consultant on this movie that got paid yeah. $50,000 to mm-hmm. suggest... Habada, 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 
and be like, you know what? If it was a real battle, they'd be rapping over either Grindin' by the Clips or the Flava in Your Ear beat. Like, the, the fact that, you know, that they hired probably Craig Mack. Craig Mack has passed away, RIP. But probably his son, who, you know, works for advertising agencies as a rap culture consultant, uh, to get them to license the flavor in your ear beat is the most extraordinary thing I can imagine. Because it is like exactly right. Not that, not the most on the, like they could have just gone with the, you know, the chic loop from Rapper's Delight. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, what is this? Who decided these decisions? Uh, I'm just something curious uh, about watching the original Space Jam with kids. It's a question I, I have for both uh-huh. of you. Did they think that the Spud Web cameo was funny? <laughs> They're like, where's Muggsy Bogues? Right. He was smaller. He was 5'3". Spud Web was 5'5 five, five or 6". <laughs> anyway, I, that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> Clearly something yeah. that dates the movie uh, beyond comprehension for a modern kid. <laughs> sure. A British modern kid, yeah. <laughs> I don't think current day NBA basketball has any super tiny or... I mean, they have super tall guys in the sense of uh the normal range of human size but not super tall guys relative to uh basketball guys i don't think there's any like seven foot seven guys in the nba right now or like five foot two guys that's one of the best things about basketball is when one guy only comes up to the other guy's belly button extreme more extreme guys is what you're saying we need more knuckleball pitchers more tiny guys playing on the same team as gigantic guys this is the whole point. We need more sprinters playing professional football. These are the things that we look to sports for, you know? And hooligans. And hooligans. Yeah. And hooliganism, climbing mm. up poles, overturning vehicles. Pushing over horses. Yeah. <laughs> when they flip them over, do you think they say, when the cop comes, do you think they say, well, my tax dollars paid for that car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can flip it <laughs> when I'm drunk. I'm, I technically own that car. Right. And then the cop says, um, go ahead and flip it. That's an old Jeep from Jurassic Park 2. (laughs) (laughs) What, you thought this was a real cowboy ghost town? Well, I've got news for you. Right. You've been destroying the universal back lot. (laughs) Wait, we're in blazing saddles now. I know that we've pivoted again. Yeah. Ah, Jaws! <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Sarah Morgan, international eel smuggler. I'll tell you this, Jordan. Every single episode of Jordan Jesse Go is brought to you by you the listener to Jordan Jesse go you listen to Jordan Jesse go right Jordan I may have messed up the structure of that plug but the point is the (laughs) members of maximumfun.org are the folks who pay for the production of this show honestly Jesse I never miss an episode (laughs) okay great uh maximumfun.org slash join is where you can go to become a member of max fun we're also this week brought to you by our friends at zip recruiter now Jordan at Maximum Fun, we happen to be hiring right this very moment. Oh my We're gosh. hiring a new producer for Fanti, our smash hit show. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to find the right person. 
you know, you put it up on Craigslist or whatever, and you know what you get back? You get back 10,000 applications to be a swim instructor. Oh, my gosh. That's, I mean, that doesn't sound very efficient at all. It sounds like it's trying to find a needle in a haystack. Yeah, I would say that it's kind of like trying to find a needle in a haystack, Jordan. But you know what ZipRecruiter does? It finds you that fucking needle. You you need to do some sewing right now. You can't use hay for that. No, certainly. You need a needle. Got to find that needle. Sarah, you ever tried to sew with hay? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to yes Fucking and sucks. that, but I have nothing. <laughs> no, 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 I never have. No. What are you, crazy? How dare you? It's the hardest. ZipRecruiter <laughs> uses real robot brains to find a qualified candidate for you, and then it invites them to apply. So you don't have to deal with a bunch of fucking swim instructors. Mm. It just oh oh uh, you know all, all this stuff about motorboat motorboat goes so fast motorboat motorboat turn on the gas you know what I mean <laughs> I your butterfly is so splashy it's a lot of that <laughs> yeah you don't have to deal with any motorboat bullshit with ZipRecruiter four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality quality candidate within <laughs> the first day and they have a guarantee no motorboat bullshit. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you that needle in the haystack. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you this week by the good folks at Weaver Leather. This is a this is a great hobby to pick up. That's what I think, Jordan. Yeah, Weaver Leather sent over some great kits. Uh, Jesse, guess what I'm gonna do? Thanks to Weaver Leather, uh, I'm gonna make my own wallet. Holy cow! What are I'm you gonna... holding your cards in right now? Just a a rubber band like a drug dealer? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing. I'm just rubber banded all of my cards and cash together. It's very inconvenient. Uh, I need a wallet, and I'm going to make one thanks to Weaver Leather because they sent me one of their super awesome wallet-making kits. They are a longtime supplier to professionals, hobbyists, and DIY crafters. They strive to be an online resource not just for supplies, tools, and materials, but also for valuable tips and easy-to-follow project tutorials. Can I tell you something, Jordan? I'm, yes. I'm party to some corners of the internet that are dedicated to fashion. Right. You may know this. My blog put this on and so forth. And one of the great affordable fashion life hacks is you go to Weaver Leather and buy yourself a blank belt. You can buy them with and without the holes punched in them. You can buy them and you put it on a buckle that you already have. And voila, you have a super high quality belt for a wholesale price. Uh, you know, a blank belt from Weaver Leather, I can't remember what they cost, $10, $15, something like that. And so you're getting the equivalent of an $85 belt that you would buy in a store or a $110 belt that you would buy in a store for 10 or 15 bucks. You know, full grain leather and and uh, the whole nine yards tanned uh, and colored exactly how you want. It's one of the secrets of Weaver Leather. So you don't even have to be a hobbyist. You can just be a person who needs to hold their pants up. Yeah. Their craftspeople have a deep knowledge of leather, machinery, hardware, and more, and are committed to putting their experience to work 
for you. Uh, super cool company, super cool uh, projects you can get from them. I'm going to go out on a limb and say these would make great gifts. If you're looking oh. for a gift for someone, oh. get them a kit to make their own freaking wallet. And a lot of people think this is just for Travis McElroy. <laughs> but it's not just for Travis McElroy. It is a perfect gift for any of the McElroys. Even Gr Rachel McElroy will, <laughs> would love one of these things. She'd love to make her own wallet. She's just using a, a rubber band like a goddamn drug dealer. Jeez. Okay, if you need a gift for a McElroy or you're interested in giving leather crafting a try, visit weaverleathersupply.com slash jjgo and you're going to get 10% off your first order with Weaver Leather Supply. WeaverLeatherSupply.com slash JJGo. And you know what, Jordan? You know what is another good priority for people to have this week in their hmm. lives? Hmm. Getting their ass down to the bookstore and buying them a copy of the new Bubble graphic novel. That's right, the one that's co-written by Jordan Morris, that's my co-host, and Sarah Morgan, my friend, who is the guest on this week's program. Ahoy, hi. Jesse. Yeah. You're right about that. It was uh, an enthusiasm noise. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. All enthusiasm should be expressed as archaic ways to answer the telephone. Yeah, exactly. Slash uh, sentence references. Yeah. yeah. Who goes there? <laughs> uh, yes, Bubble. It comes out on seven thirteenth. Uh, we've we've been talking your ear off about it, but but gosh. Darn it, we're really proud of this thing. It really turned yeah. out great, and we're so excited for like people to get to see it. Um, uh, if you if you, you got you got a little bit longer to pre-order if you want the bonus stuff, um, upload your receipt at bits.ly slash bubble pre-order, and you're going to get a uh, bonus episode of the podcast. You're going to get a printable zine uh, with text by Sarah and I, art by the great Tony Cliff. And uh, we're having a little launch party for the thing. We'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. That's Thursday, July 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you want to RSVP, go to bit.ly slash bubble GN launch, bubble GN launch. And, uh, yeah, you can RSVP uh, for our launch party with a lot of cool guests that you'll know from the JJ Goiverse. Jordan, can I suggest a slogan just, just for this week? Yeah. Because we're trying to remind people that uh, not to to remember to, to get out to the bookstore on July 13th, buy their copy of the book and so forth. Right. 713, never forget. That's really beautiful. That is really beautiful. Thank um, you. I got, a little, I got a little help from the garbage truck that just drove by my <laughs> office. <laughs> Listen, on 713, the release of Bubble is going to usher in the death of irony. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Sarah Morgan, international eel smuggler. I have a question. <laughs> so when... when did I remember my JJ Go nickname? About two minutes ago. <laughs> that was shit From out. eight years ago. Yeah, that I've literally um, used on the show every year. <laughs> listen, we're all trapped in a time yeah. loop, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we checked in on the uh the football match yeah. over there on the pitch. Mm. Uh, and it was 2-0, mm -hmm. um, so that was great. But I, I looked ahead via the search <laughs> engine to upcoming matches 
uh, for the English national football team because I had just go I, I had just searched for uh, uh, England football um, and it showed me the current score. Uh, and, and upcoming for the great nation of England is a, a World Cup qualifying match against Andorra, uh, which is a small sheep country. <laughs> nestled in between what is it spain and france or something it's the mum from bewitched as far as yeah. <laughs> oh it's actually that's i'm just spilling jesse it's against pandora <laughs> the planet from avatar <laughs> i think it's possible that it, if they were playing against pandora the streaming music service yeah. that pandora might have a good chance of winning that one right who do you think would win in a soccer match between the streaming service and those fucking sexy ass cat people <laughs> <laughs> Now, all my money's on these Catalonian motherfuckers in Andorra. It's in between France and Spain in the Pyrenees. And the population of the country is 77,142. So, like, for example, uh, that's like if there was a match between England's national team and the national team of Pasadena, California, but also half as many people lived in Pasadena. That's what that is like. Um, I, I've just worked out what it is you're looking at, uh, and that is the World Cup qualifiers, um, which are, which are happening later in the year. For uh, you know, and that's when anyone yeah. can play anyone, uh, you know, to get into the World Cup. So we might be playing America in those. Um, yeah, that was good. That was that was such a sick burn against the stone. <laughs> <And I had laughs> Stop burning you, us. You guys are shit at football. <laughs> <laughs> a sport you have no interest in. Yeah, we don't just don't want to be good. We just don't want to yeah. be good. We could if we wanted to be. We just bought David Beckham and then we just threw him in a bin. <laughs> Which is what I believe happened to David Beckham. <laughs> David Beckham and Robbie Williams. We bought them both and bin them. <laughs> um, if you lived in the nation of Andorra, a nation of 77,000 people, that's like roughly the size of Daly City, California. A cold suburb of, of California known for having a Jolly Bee there. A Jolly Bee? Yeah, Jolly Bee. It's a Filipino fast food restaurant. Okay, lovely. Um, would you be excited to play on the national team and go to the World Cup qualifier and play in a round-robin tournament where you lose 22 to nothing to France, 14 to nothing to England, mm -hmm. and like 6 to 4 to the Seychelles? Or would you be embarrassed to do that? Which do you think it is something you would be excited to do or embarrassed to do? Well, I think that depends how much unobtainium is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> how much unobtainium could I win? Yeah. Whose ponytail do you get to connect to your ponytail? Yeah. <laughs> I assume that's the, that's the lovemaking in that. I didn't. I watched it on like a very low res download, but they connect ponytails. Is, is that correct? Yeah. For their lovemaking. That's correct. Yeah. That's how they fuck. And then some dots fly yeah. around towards yeah. you in the air, glowing yeah. dots. They're making like nine yeah. more of those, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And a variety yeah. of completely forgettable human characters interact. Sure. I don't remember. I watched that whole movie. I don't remember a character from the movie. I mean, I remember there were some guys that had sex by connecting yeah. their, the ponytail sex. their yeah. ponytails together. And I remember there were humans, but that's <laughs> that's what I got. On hey. As long as we're, I know we have calls, <laughs> yeah. But as long as we're stuck in an infinite yeah. time loop, mm -hmm. should we bring back our old segment? Which of the Avatar <laughs> sequels are you most excited about? <laughs> yes. Here, give me a second to Google the actual names, and we'll ask yeah. Sarah. Okay. 
Great. So I, oh, Sarah, you can just throw um, a made-up one in there, and I'll. Oh, we out. should do that. We should do a thing where we make yeah. up a bunch of fake Avatar sequels. That'll get things. people to buy Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here, I have uh, Avatar sequel titles revealed. This is from a 2018 article on the website Den of Geek. Den of Geek. And just for context for our listeners, James Cameron, the submarine celebrity, has taken the last 27 years to shoot 44 consecutive Avatar sequels, um, including his own Avatar porn parody. Right. Um, (laughs) Fuckatar. I mean, I probably, if I had taken a minute to... Have a... Have a bra. Yeah. <laughs> yes, have a, have have a, a bra. bra. Like, it's quite PG. Uh, it's the first PG porn film. It's just just over the bra stuff. Yeah. <laughs> In space. Yeah. People who are very turned on by yeah, first base. <laughs> First okay, space in space. That's okay, Sarah, I'm going to read off the titles yeah. of the Avatar sequels, and you tell us which one you're most excited for and why. Uh, Avatar, colon, The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. Avatar, colon, The Seed Bearer. That's my nickname down at the Verdugo Aquatic Center. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar, colon, The Tolkien Rider. The Tolkien Rider. Avatar, colon, The Quest for Iwa. E- Ewoks? E- uh, E-Y-W-A. Okay. And let me, and while you're, I'll just let you noodle sure. on this for a second. Let me maybe Google Ewa and just maybe get a definition for you. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate that. C- can you see which definition of Ewa they use? Because I, I feel like there's so many. It just comes up a lot. Uh, this is from the Avatar Wiki. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Iwa is the guiding force and deity of Pandora and the Na'vi. The Na'vi believe that Iwa acts to keep the ecosystem of Pandora in perfect equilibrium. It is sometimes theorized by human scientists that all living things on Pandora connect to Iwa through a system of neuroconductive mm-hmm. antenna. This often explains why Na'vi can mount their dire horse or mountain banshee steeds mm-hmm. and ride them immediately without going through the necessary steps required to domesticate such wild animals. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. Dire horse. Yeah. You know, as far as I'm concerned, Jordan, yeah. any horse that doesn't boil <laughs> yoing is pretty fucking dire. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Sarah, do you have a do you have a sense uh, of which of those uh, Avatar sequels you're I mean, most excited about? Yeah, I, I I the the porn the porn hub, this is not Avatar to the seed bearer is gonna be you know, that's an open goal, mm-hmm. uh, which is the sixth Avatar movie. This is, that's an open goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, they all sound great. If you put EYWA into Google, the first thing that comes up for me, probably because of things I've bought in the past, you just get an Etsy store. Um, and yeah. God, it looks shit. Okay. But yeah, no, there's some horrible looking things on that shop. So judging by that, the film will be terrible. you got to give us an example here, Sarah. What are we looking at on the AWA store? Okay. So we're looking at a kind of um, fabric uh, flower, like you'd like from the film Midsummer, like a garland, a flower garland that you might wear to a festival. But it's in really unpleasant turquoise tones um, with sort of like what looks like fur cones on it. So uncomfortable, mm. uncomfortable and ugly. Love the two things cone. you want from a flower garland when you're going to a festival. <laughs> fur cone is my favorite part of a full English breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4-FUN. 
That's 206-984-4FUN, or you can just send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here is a person to whom something momentous has happened, and Brian will now press play. Hi, this is David calling from Brussels, Belgium, for a momentous occasion. I was walking around in the neighborhood at 2 in the morning last night and passed by a new shop with a sign that said, hot dog but in between hot and dog was the word my and so i said to my friend who i was with hot my dog and then just at this moment a lady exited the shop and she looked at us very confidently and she said yes hot my dog was wonderful (laughs) hot as a rock wet as a river putting on my pants thanks guys Love the show. I think, Brian, we're going to need to put a warning before this episode that it may be too horny for some audiences. I don't think people are ready for Belgian levels of horniness. That was a real stroop waffle of. Like a letter to Belgian Playboy. (laughs) Dear Belgian Playboy, I never thought this would happen to me. (laughs) I was walking. I actually, I went to the new, I went down to the newsstand to buy a copy of Belgian Playgirl. Nice. Right. Wanted to get a look at Tintin's dick. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. It's the only way to look at Tintin's dick. Yeah, Belgian playgirl. I liked it when they had Poirot, the only other Belgian celebrity yeah. there is, and they they styled his pubes in the manner of his mustache. It was it was it yeah. was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, like it was Peter Ustinov uh, Poirot, obviously not Kenneth Branagh. That would have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Christie's Poirot. Yeah, the other Wait, Belgian person. There's suggest- two famous Belgian people. Okay. You know, <laughs> Jordan, you know how uh, our friend Blaine Kapach uh, often tweets with the premise, quick, somebody uh, somebody get reboot Mad TV, Mad TV or yeah. get bad Mad TV back on the air so I can pitch. Um, if I can borrow that, quick, somebody get Mad TV back on the air so I can pitch Poirio. <laughs> sure, evil Poirot. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Okay, we also, Sarah, have so many (laughs) segments that people love that we thought of by working hard on this show, Mm -hmm. which is why it's successful. That's why I listen. Uh, That's why I listen. Yeah, and we just have people let us know what they're calling in for at the beginning of the call, just because there's so many. We, you know, Brian keeps a file, but uh, anyway, uh, we always put them in an envelope and mail them to ourselves for guild reasons. (laughs) Um, Brian, play uh, uh, play one of those calls. Hi, this is Kate from Ohio uh, calling in for your recurring segment, people who are way too committed to their bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm driving on the freeway and just saw a black PT Cruiser, a new black PT Cruiser uh, with the license plate Dark Helmet. And a custom <laughs> bumper sticker that said, Spaceballs, the car. All right, thanks, guys. Love the show. This has officially became the I... horniest episode ever. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> oh, Whoever's oh, driving that car, can I get on a fucking plane as soon as this country lets me. <laughs> I am marrying oh. that person. So we... <laughs> 
I wow. uh, I got in I got in hot water on social media this week uh, because I, I watched the movie Spaceballs with my daughter Gracie, yeah. who's nine. Does it hold up? Um, she said it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say, <laughs> fucking sucks ass. It's so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. I mean, there's like a few good gags. In, I mean, it's a Mel Brooks movie. Like, yeah. there's a few good jokes in there. I'm not saying that there's none, but like. Honestly, I think it's half as good as History of the World Part One. Like it is, it is as though it is as though he had just gotten tired mm-hmm. and was just like, "What do people like? Fucking Star Wars?" Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he, he hadn't seen it, he didn't watch it. It was just he's just like, "Fuck it," I, you know. I, Fifty jokes uh, done. Mail it to myself. But it, and it's so it's so first thought as well. But that's why I love it. Is like Jabba the Hutt. Pizza the hut. I have to say something that struck me. Hey Sarah, what's the name of the Yoda analog? Oh, oh shit! I should know that. Uh, Oh, hang on, I'm gonna have to look it up. Oh Jesus, that's gonna. No yogurt. I'm trying to get you to say yogurt. Oh, it is yogurt. (laughs) That's right, yogurt. I um I I have to say that like um one thing that really surprised me as a man watching it rather than as a child, and certainly as a child I loved. I loved Spaceballs yeah. uh, as well. Um, but uh, as a man watching it, the thing that impressed me most about literally the entire movie was John Candy's dog makeup. Yes. Like John Candy's dog makeup is spectacularly good. Like it is exactly the right amount of like expressive. There's an, there's the right amount of John Candy in there relative to weird dog. Like the ears flop around in the perfect way. Uh, like they must have had a guy behind John Candy pulling little tiny strings to make the ears like a, an ear puppeteer behind John Candy. Yeah, like three Henson guys. Yeah, and John Candy's so charming. Like, yeah, there's no jokes involved. Like, yeah. I want to be clear, John Candy's character in the movie has basically no jokes other than liking to eat dog food or something. Oh, hang on, no, he's half man, half dog, and his own best friend. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good, solid. Worse, you're not making a case for Spaceballs isn't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spaceballs and Joan Rivers is Doc Matrix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start watching the football and put Spaceballs. <laughs> um, Spaceballs coal in the car made me think of a funny uh, vehicle thing I saw the other day. Um, Pasadena local institution Pie and Burger. Uh, I guess finally a... we're talking about Pie and Burger. Pie on and shot. Thank you. Jordan. We got there. We did it, Joe. Oh. We did it, Joe. Um, it, they have a they have a food truck that I saw. So they have like a mm. you know that'll go to events. Yeah. And the Pie and Burger food truck says, "My other truck is a restaurant." <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Yeah, it's really That's good. Great, really good. And I'll tell you what, Jordan, that hmm. uh, Pine Burger truck sometimes parks at the Pasadena City College flea market. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking I do not eat Pine Burger from the Pine Burger truck at ten twenty in the morning, just order a full double cheeseburger uh, at ten twenty in the morning. You are mistaken. I will eat a burger and pie. Before right. eleven a.m., if that truck is, if they've got the lights on, I'm there with money. And it's it's pie, it's pie like sweet pie, like say like like dessert pie, like cherry pie, apple pie. Like, oh, so this is America, yeah. Sarah, but, Sarah what, what do you think I, it's made but, of? But, blood pudding, yeah. <laughs> steak and kidney, like all pies it should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, all pies have organ meat yeah. in them. <laughs> <laughs> They're essentially a gravy delivery system. 
<laughs> right. Yes. I do. I do like a nice uh, sweet sweet breads and rhubarb pie. <laughs> that sounds so unpleasant. Because <laughs> rhubarb would be very stringy. Yeah. Too stringy. Yeah. It's because of the rhubarb that it's not not that good. Yeah, otherwise it would be delicious. Too. Uh, okay, yeah. 206-984-4FUN. JJ Go at MaximumFun.org if you want to email us a voice memo. Uh, if there's any other Belgians out there, give us a call. Let's talk about that uh, Tintin crank. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's talk about uh, what Captain Haddock is working with. <laughs> <laughs> Snowy's lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares, right? <laughs> no, I mean, there's never been a reason to do this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's not, there's not value in it. Sure. You know? Uh-huh. Anyway. I mean, it kills the hours until death. There is that. <laughs> you know? There is that. Anyway. We'll be back in just a second <laughs> on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Hey, I'm Janet Farney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan-Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Sarah Morgan, international eel smuggler. Yeah, she once brought us some eels from England. It was great. I did. It was, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. They were really foul. They I made jellied. Brian eat them. I didn't make Brian eat them. Brian wanted to eat them and I bought them. To <laughs> yeah, for his show, America Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that. By yeah. the way, uh, speaking of our Max Fund's least profitable endeavor of all time, um, which I was proud of, I think we did a good job. <laughs> Uh, Brian, uh, the uh, Eating Unusual Foods show uh, starring our producer, Brian Fernandez, and our former employee, Lindsay Pavlis. Um, I I have to say, uh, I just went up to my cabin and uh, I brought with me from the closet at Max Fun like uh, 16 Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that chip clips. It had merch, huh? Yeah, well, there was chip clips. There was chip clips and a magnet with conversions on it that's still on my refrigerator. Cool. And go watch Brian and Lindsay. Sarah, how do you, if you are trying to smuggle eels, mm. how, how would you go about it? 
How did you go about it, I guess? Well, I, 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 it was a long time ago now. It was like six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. But I, I, I don't, well, at the moment, you can't bring anything out of the country. You can't leave the country. But I, I think what I did was I put, I, they were frozen, and then I put them in a freezer bag with some ice, and then I wrapped that, and then I put that in a freezer bag, and then put that in my luggage. And you wrapped the whole thing in marijuana to throw off Oh, the yeah. And then put it in a bottle of shampoo, like a really... <laughs> Huge yeah. bottle of shampoo for those Wait. eel sniffer dogs. <laughs> that's such a that's so much better than what I've been doing, which has been shoving them up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it, you put them in a condom first, though, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> sure. Are you are you buying jellied eels or KY jellied eels? Whoa. Thanks, folks. There you go. There we'll you go. See you later. Putting eels up his butt. That's what sure. we're talking about <laughs> on this good show. Where's really our am, Peabody? I'm sure. so embarrassed that that was just all you wanted to, me to do was give you like the briefest answer possible so you could do your joke about sticking eels. No, I thought ass. of that in the middle of your answer because I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh, really? oh, God. We're such yeah. a good team. <laughs> Sarah, anytime you're vamping, the longer you can go, the better, because we are not good at thinking of jokes. <laughs> You've heard the program, Sarah. Okay, uh, Sarah Morgan, mm. you're the co-author of the great new graphic novel Bubble. Yes, I've heard a little bit. Of, I've heard a little bit about this book. It sounds intriguing, but I'm not sure whether I'm. I'm. I should head out right now to the my local independent bookseller to buy myself a copy so i i wish that i wish that you could close the deal for me sure well uh i yeah i mean i, I think i think that would be a great bit uh, bubble graphic novel based on the uh, very popular uh, maximum fun podcast uh maximum fun being a podcast network that uh that produces some fine programming uh the graphic novel bubble comes out on july 13th but if you go to your local independent bookstore or even go to Amazon or any of the other online places we won't judge uh, you will get some really cool genuinely actually really good uh, stuff the bonus stuff there's a little zine uh, that we wrote and uh, designed by Tony Cliff the the uh, illustrator of Bubble that's like a really cute little like build on added edition thing to the world there's an episode of the podcast that you'll get and then obviously on July 13th you'll get a lovely couple, a lovely couple, a lovely copy of Bubble. <laughs> fuck, oh, fuck it. I'm sorry, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> you'll get a lovely copy of Bubble, which is a genuinely really good graphic novel I'm really proud to have worked on. Uh, it's good, right? Yeah, <laughs> you read it, Jordan. Yeah. You flicked through it. <laughs> it is. Uh, yes, I have uh, flicked through it. Uh, you know, uh, you know the, the, the process, you kind of have to, you know, read it, you know, at least once at yeah. various stages. So you know, there's mm -hmm. like the script, and then the the inks, and the pencils, and then so much checking and so much rechecking. And it's kind of interesting that you know, I think as creative people, you know, where where we all know that feeling where you know you you sit down with something you've made, and just by the end of you know ingesting it, you hate it because you think you like fucked up and you know, you see all the like problems with it and stuff like that. Um, I've read this thing in various stages. Yeah, probably 90 times. I like it. It's really good. Yeah. It's like how, good. How many times, like uh, when something's come through and we've had to, we've, you know, we, we've been, I, I, it's been an absolute joy to be there at every stage of the, of the whole thing. 
And even when we're on like doing, we've been doing the like the campaign trail, kissing babies. I don't know why we had to kiss babies. That wasn't. That's just weird. <laughs> doing the promotional talk. No, about I mean the book babies. is no, just kissing babies. For babies. But yeah, babies. <laughs> babies is very brightly coloured and full of dick jokes, which I think babies love. Uh, babies but yeah, love the it. amount of times where I've texted you after and gone, "This is really funny. <laughs> this is a really funny, funny, uh, yeah. funny comic, funny graphic novel." Uh, if obviously, I assume anyone listening to this is probably aware of the podcast, and we don't need to sell them on the concept. But it's uh, if you don't know what it's about, it's just it's a very. Uh, cool thing about uh, a group of 20 something friends in a gig economy situation um but the gig economy happens to be slaying monsters and it's just uh, funny as fuck now jordan sarah if folks come to this podcast not because they enjoy your work jordan or or yours sarah or because Mm -hmm. you know many folks maybe haven't heard the podcast of bubble Mm. And they're just here and Jordan Jesse go listening for Firestorm the Nuclear Man content. Sure. Yeah. Um, how would you say this appeals to the Firestorm the Nuclear Man consumer? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Do we have any characters in Bubble who are Oh, I guess we do. So if you like <laughs> So I you know, pretty pretty there's a there's a direct link. So Firestorm the Nuclear Man obviously is two two men who join to become one being, Uh, which is basically all the bad guys in Bubble. Yeah. Hmm. So if you like two consciousnesses merging into one, you'll love Bubble. It's all over that shit. This will be great for fans of Avatar porn parodies, too. Yeah. (laughs) Like to crank it to sexy cat people who fuck with their hair. Yeah. (laughs) Got some links for, for people. Uh, if you want to upload your pre-order receipt and get that bonus stuff that Sarah mm. mentioned, uh, bit.ly slash bubble pre-order. And uh, hey, I don't think we've mentioned this yet on the show, but we're having a virtual launch event. Yes. Um, I think it's we're a little bummed, certainly, that we can't do, uh, you know, Comic-Cons and, and uh, you know, uh, in-person signings or anything like that. But this is kind of cool because we get to do a virtual thing and everybody can attend regardless of region. Uh, we're having a virtual launch event. Uh, Sarah, Tony, and I uh, will be there uh, talking about the book. Uh, the great Dave Holmes will be there. Uh, Christella Alonzo, Eliza Skinner, Keith Powell, Travis McElroy, Clint McElroy, and uh, a musical interlude from Annie Hart, who did the uh, who did the bubble score. Annie Hart, of course, uh, from the great brand Orivor Simone, and uh, she'll she'll be doing a little music performance and. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. You can RSVP to that uh, by going to bit.ly slash bubble GN launch. Bubble GN launch. Uh, it's July 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern. But uh, I think if you sign up at that RSVP, uh, they'll send it to you after it's done if you want to watch it on your own time. But watch it live. It'll be fun. We're going to have a nice time. I think get it together, America. And points abroad. Sure. Get your Get your fucking act together and buy this fucking book. Look, good cop, bad cop. Jordan and Sarah are both good cops. I'm the bad cop. Get your fucking act together. What are you, <laughs> fucking evil Mario? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, don't be a Wario. Yeah. Be a Yoshi. Buy this fucking book. I'm so excited for this book launch. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be 1 a.m. GMT, so I will be mad on coffee, and it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, it's, it's going to be 1 a.m. Sarah's time. <laughs> Bring 
British people come. <laughs> and yeah, this was so fun. This is like making the podcast was such a thrill and I was so like happy with it. And then to like get to do this version with Sarah, one of uh, the the coolest, funniest, smartest people I've ever met was Whoop. just such a such a thrill. And uh, yeah, it was so cool to uh, to get to do this with you. I'm so glad you oh. so glad you said you would do it. Yeah, it was such a joy to adapt. Such like it, it was already brilliantly funny as a podcast, and it was just a great uh, thing to to help with adapting it for for the page. And I hope people like it. I'm sure all Jordan Jessica fans will uh, will love it. Bubble is available this coming week in your local bookstores. You can order it online right now. You can pre-order it at your local bookstore, uh, and uh, you definitely should, unless you're a chump. Or a Wario. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a Wario. <laughs> or a Dracula. Yeah. Our producer is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Val Moffat there uh, live streaming this uh, to our internets. Um, our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. If you have corrections, at GSTV on Twitter, let GSTV you know, um, I, I was watching some gas station TV, and they got uh, Maria Menudos now. Oh, that's a good get for them. Very yeah. good. Good for her. Good for GSTV, it sounds like a match made in heaven. Can I just say one thing, Jordan? Yeah. I haven't worked in television in a few years. and I, You know, we laugh and joke a lot about gas station TV, but, I mean, I just want them to know I'm available. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'll go work with Menudos. Hashtag Jesse4GSTV. Yeah. Come on, gas station. Let me in there. What do you want to host for gas station TV if you just like could pick anything? I mean, gas station TV. My first thought is something about, uh, well, you get a bunch of uncles in a room. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, that was beautiful. That I, was masterful. That's why you're the king of everything, not just drugs. <laughs> hashtag hashtag it, JJ Go on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. That's where we have been uh, streaming the show on a provisional basis as we record. Uh, 206-984-4FUN or JJ Go at MaximumFun.org if you want to send us a note. And we will talk to you next time on George Jessica. Bye, everyone. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.